I invented Nightcap in a dream. This is the In Your Dreams podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the In Your Dreams podcast. Today we're going to talk about some things that I struggle with in business. I've been getting this question ever since I started the company, what are your obstacles and challenges? And I would love to talk more about it because on social media, you only see the highlights and you only see the good parts. And there are a lot of good parts. Our company has done really well and we have so many goals and we plan to expand even more than we have, of course, because you can always grow. If you guys are new here, I am the CEO of Nightcap. It is the drink spiking prevention company. It originated as the drink spiking prevention scrunchie from TikTok and Shark Tank. I created the first product when I was 16 years old. I had a friend that was roofied and I thought of the idea in a dream. And ever since then, it has expanded and grown and I'm so grateful for that. I dropped out of college and I I started working on this full time. My brother's my co-founder and we have so much fun working on the company every single day. Sometimes I come to the office and hang out with him. Sometimes I work from home. I wanted to get in to the obstacles and challenges. I think this could really benefit someone who's looking to start a business or just someone in general who thinks that business is rainbows and butterflies. So I get this question a lot. And so if you've ever listened to me on like a podcast or something along those lines, I often say the sentence and that's lack of education is a lack of experience. What I mean by this, you can go to school for four years, you can go to college and study business or you can study marketing and you'll get out of college and you will still be confused. You will still not know the exact direction to take with the business that you wanna start. And that's because it's not a lack of education. It's a lack of experience. I came up with this because I felt like so many things that I was experiencing through the company was never something that I was taught. Even getting my first paycheck, not knowing what to do with my money because I wasn't taught that in school. So when you get out of college or even if you're in high school and you have a job and you start making your first couple bucks, they do not teach you how you're supposed to be financially smart. They don't teach you what you should be investing into, right? So you're kind of on your own. And I learned how to invest money from experience, from literally sitting down with someone from the bank and being like, hey, what do I do with this? How can I grow this? And that's how I learned about money. So that's a perfect example. Nowadays, you can listen to podcasts and even go on TikTok or YouTube and figure out what the best ways to invest are and how to be smart with your finances. I think with anything, you really have to jump into it to understand it fully. I wanna talk about specific things that I lacked experience with that through doing them, I got incredibly better at. The first thing that I definitely lacked experience with is media interviews. I remember the first time I was at the nail salon, it was 2019, and so I was, I was 17. And I'm sitting at the nail salon. It's after school. I'm a junior in high school. And I get a call from this random number. And I pick up and they're like, hey, Shira, we want to come to your house right now. We want to interview you. And it's the local TV station asking if they can do an interview on me and come to my house. As I'm getting my nails done, I'm like, oh, my God, yes, 
I'll be home in 15 minutes. And I rush home, I change. I'm still friends with the newscaster who interviewed me, Luli. I actually want to have her on this podcast and so she can talk about how to get in front of a camera. I think she'd be awesome at that because she's literally a professional, so obviously. Luli has seen me from the first interview I did all the way up until now, and jumping into something like that is really scary. Jumping into an interview like that, I really thought there was some kind of formula to it or a certain way that you had to act on TV. And that's very apparent in old, old interviews that I did when I was 17. I lacked a lot of experience with that. And so I realized that it was really just my story that I had to tell. And that's when I was like, oh, I'm just talking about myself and what has happened throughout this journey. And that made it so much easier. When simplifying it like that, I was just like, oh, well, I don't have to become someone else when I'm sitting in front of a camera. That took a weight off my shoulders. I, I just had to be myself. I had to tell my own story. Through doing a bunch of interviews, I became way more confident with being asked questions and sitting in front of a camera and presenting myself. And I still can be better, I think. You can always be better, but I started when I was 17 and four years later, I think we've come a long way. And I think that I'm the type of person who, if you ask me, let's study for this interview the night before I do it, I just don't feel comfortable doing that. Like someone asked me a question, I'm going to answer it how I feel. And, and I'm very on the spot with these types of things now. And I really enjoy doing them. I really enjoy sharing my story and going on people's podcasts and things like that. I think they're really fun, especially when you feel comfortable doing it. Even going on Shark Tank, I think having a bit of practice and going on the news a couple of times, that was probably the scariest thing I ever have done. And after that, I just tell myself, anytime I'm scared, I'm like, you did this. You can do anything because that was so scary. So Shark Tank conquered a lot of my fears. And just doing that, I felt like I can accomplish whatever I want. Gotta get uncomfortable or gotta get comfortable with the uncomfortable. TikTok was also something that I felt really uncomfortable doing at first, but I knew that it would benefit the brands and I knew I, I could influence people by being a young entrepreneur on social media. And that was the goal was to show people that, especially with this podcast too, just to show people that like you could do it too. And I wasn't really doing TikTok for myself. I was doing it for other people. So other people could relate to me as the founder because I knew I was relating to other founders and buying their products. And I knew that if someone was relating to me, they would share their story with me or they would feel safer by feeling like they were my friend online. Sitting down in front of a camera is just so like, nobody does this. Like this is a very new thing. So getting comfortable by just sitting in front of the phone and knowing that your, your video is going to reach the right person and it's going to benefit someone on the other side. But the first couple months of that, I was like, okay, I'm going to get better at this. It just takes practice. That's definitely not something you can learn. That's definitely something you have to just jump into and figure out. As a 16 year old, I started this brand and I almost feel like this is the most relatable thing, but it's hard to explain. Just communicating in general was something that was very hard for me to do. And I had a huge lack of confidence in just speaking. And I never thought I could get my point across when I was speaking. If someone wanted to get on a call with me regarding Nightcap, I would be almost opposed to it. I would just let my brother do it. 
So not only did I have Michael, my co-founder and brother, do all of the calls when we first started, but I would also write my emails and send it to him first to make him check if it was okay, which looking back, it's almost like he was kind of my teacher, but I had no confidence in speaking to people on the phone or writing emails at first. I thought I sounded young and uneducated. That's really what I was insecure about was not sounding like the businesswoman that everyone wanted me to be. And on that note, there is no such thing as that. I think when a lot of people meet me, they think I'm going to be very serious. That's just not who I am. But I do think when I was a kid starting the brand, I was like, well, I need to be the CEO. And I didn't feel like I was educated on business or anything on that topic. So I was like, I can't get on a call with anyone important. I didn't feel like I was fit for it. And that's the thing is maybe you're not, but that's through experience. These are just pedestals that we place people on. And it's just so wrong. It's garbage. It's all false information. Why are we putting people on pedestals? Why are we thinking that like CEO, you have to be a certain type of person? You don't. So communicating and writing emails, I would literally just hand off to my brother because I'd be like, I... I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Let me know what you need help with, but I can't. And that I, I think that comes with being a kid because I didn't know what I was doing. And that's fine. That's literally fine. But now I've been doing this for so long that I have discovered that those people who do think they need to be like someone on the call, those are probably the most boring calls that I have encountered. You're not being yourself. You don't want to be here. And so for me, when I've scheduled a partnership with someone and we get on our first call, I'm bringing that personable energy and my brother's bringing the logistics, the numbers. I want people to get on a call with us and know who we are very quickly. I want them to know that this is supposed to be fun. We're supposed to enjoy this partnership. We are doing this for people that are scared to go out and we're doing this to make the world better, but we can have a good time doing this. It doesn't have to be sophisticated all the time. Let's have some fun with this because then you're really building that relationship and that's a real partnership. Partnerships that are just transactional, what is the point? And then also when you can relax, you're going to be able to bring more ideas to the table that are really yours. They're organic ideas and you may be surprised people will like them. And if they don't, who cares? But at least you're not pretending to be someone or something. My brother and I met with the governor of a big city and they had a very big problem with drink spiking. So we schedule a call, we get on this call and it's me, my brother, and four other men probably in their 50s. And we are talking about drink spiking, which yes, this happens to men, but I was giving them so much information they didn't already know about, talking about angel shots and the red zone and what we should be implementing at the bars because the problem itself is not being tackled and there needs to be better things implemented at the bars and at the clubs that aren't now. And so I was saying, this is what you should be doing. You need to be training your security better. This is what you should be training your security almost as like Yes, of course there's security and they should be escorting people out, but they should also have like a behavioral psychology education to them where they're like, why is that guy acting so weird in the corner? Maybe we should go check that out. And so they should be studying more so body language, right? 
They should be studying body language and not just being the big security guards because they're missing some things going on in there. So I was just giving them all of these things that they were like, wow, okay, we didn't think of this, we didn't think of this. And then I'm realizing I'm so proud of myself because I'm actually being that voice. I have this company and platform that I can use my voice to really make change. And that's when I realized that when I was on that specific call because I'm like, you a couple years ago would not even speak and now you're leading this call with a bunch of older men. And they don't have the knowledge that you do on this topic so many people tell their stories to me and my brother as well i feel like i'm a literal voice for all of these people and so that is beautiful i love that and i'm really proud of myself for coming this far in a short amount of time okay so the next thing i have a hard time with delegating is another problem that i have and i ask myself why is delegating so hard it is because i've never done it before i have never had to give someone real tasks to do that are going to affect everything. I also have a very hard time giving up the control of what I want to be doing in my business. And I kept like my baby. And I'm sure my brother feels the same way. He has probably the same thing going on. He knows that he's good at certain things. We're perfectly split. He's good at some things. I'm good at the other things. And so when you have things that you know that you're good at and you like to do, it's a very hard to tell someone else to do it. I have taught myself pretty much everything that I do. And like thinking about teaching someone everything is just like so like almost overwhelming to me to teach someone all the skills because I've never had to do that. And I get it though. It's going to have to happen eventually. I know it's going to have to happen eventually and that problem will have to unfold when it comes to it. So Another thing that I have had to understand, this isn't a challenge at all. I'm still in the process of this and I, I think it'll always be a process, but it took me years to understand what impact we were really making. Sometimes you just don't realize how impactful your products are. Of course I understand. However, I don't see the hundreds of students that are receiving our products on the other end and their reactions to it, if they're using it, how they feel when they're using it. That is a huge part of the business is your customer. And when you have no idea sometimes who's receiving these products on the other end and you only know when you have conversations with people randomly and they're like, oh my God, I actually got that at my from my sorority or from my health center and you're like oh my god and then you start talking to them about it but it has to be an interaction like that otherwise you have no idea who's on the other side who's your customer who's receiving these products and who's using them and so I think that when I take a step back and I think we've worked with 140 universities and they have purchased thousands thousands and thousands of these products and that means they've gotten in the hands of thousands of students around the world that to me I don't understand that doesn't process in my brain and I don't know how impactful it actually is you don't realize how many lives you could be potentially saving everyone I talk to they've either had an experience with drink spiking themselves or they know someone and so just having a brand like this, it creates the conversation of what is going on at these bars and what's going on in people's brains and why is this still occurring? And it just sparks the conversation. And so even a conversation like that can go a long way. I might have said this on the podcast before, but there was this one Amazon review that we had 
And a girl said that she was wearing her nightcap at a club. It was dark. And then she walked out into the Better Lit lobby and there was a pill on her drink. And so after reading that review, I think I was 19 or 20 reading that review. And I'm just like, how crazy is it that a product you invented in your sleep literally saved one person, one person. And that's all the difference. That's all I needed. Knowing that someone actually tried to drug her with something on her drink, they probably didn't see it. Who knows? That goes such a long way for me to know that it actually has saved one person. And that's why if I ever get burnt out, I remember that review. We've sold half a million products. And so one person leaving that review, I see that occurring in more situations. And so that to me is crazy and it's not a struggle or a challenge it's just something that I can't wrap my head around I think that wraps it up those are just my top couple and I wanted to share them because I think it could help someone you know I didn't start the company with this huge amount of knowledge confidence voice and it's always a work in progress so Don't think that if you want to start a business or you want to do what you're passionate about, you have to be perfect at it. That's the point of starting is that you're going to eventually get there. I'm really happy that I got to share this stuff with you. I think it's super important to talk about challenges and I'm still young. So I feel like I'll look back in five years and be like, yeah, you were probably, you probably should have done this better too. Whatever. We're vibing. Thanks for listening. See you next week.